Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It is 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you at Rogers Place tomorrow night. The Edmonton Oilers and the L.A. Kings. Do you want to mention Royal Pizza celebrating 50 years in Edmonton? Still making it great. It's the best pizza in the city. Everything's real at Royal. On through October, Royal Pizza offering the combo special. Your choice of Greek or Caesar salad with garlic toast, two medium gourmet pizzas, and four anniversary cookies, all for 50 bucks. Pick that up at any of their 14 Edmonton and area locations. Spoiler alert. They're playing over in the Czech Republic second period and the Philadelphia Flyers on a go-ahead goal from Oscar Lindblom lead the Chicago Blackhawks 2-1. Alex Nylander has a goal for Chicago, a goal off the rush, came over in that offseason deal with the uh, Buffalo Sabres. So 2-1 the score for Philly up on Chicago, about six minutes left in period number two. Earlier today, uh, we had the opportunity to catch up with Edmonton Oil Kings head coach Brad Lauer. Here's Brendan Escott in conversation with Brad Lauer. Yeah, well, we'll start with this, Bob. I, I asked him to assess his team's performance through the first five games. A couple wins out of the gate, and then they've dropped three since. Well, I mean, uh, overall, I mean, expectations are high for our group, and obviously, um, you know, we're we're, we're we're happy that we got points and. Uh, every game but one but that you know when you look at the big picture there's still we still have a lot of work to do um there's some areas of our game that we need to we need to be better in defensively if we you know we're we're breaking down uh systematically that uh that that needs to improve and you know like i said it's still early in the season but um we do have to play a better team game well, let me ask you then about those systems and just five games in. I mean, it's still early to be directly adhering to what you're implementing, but how do you think the guys are picking up on what you want them to do so far? Well, I think the biggest thing is right now is just, uh, I mean, with uh, with our travel, we're on the road now for, for, for nine days and uh, our practice times, there's not a lot of it, but, um, you know, right now we're doing a lot of individual meetings, uh, video stuff, um, you know, working on, just breaking the game down in small, small steps, just to make sure everybody is on the same page um, with our systems. Um, you know, and I think that's the the best way to do it right now with, with not enough practice time. And then when you know, when we're on the ice, um, obviously we have to focus on. You know, it, there's there's a few things. The biggest thing I think for 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 us as coaches is that we can't sit there and try and jam a bunch of things down their throat. Let's start in one area and then work our way up from there. 
Does having this extended time on the road allowed you guys to come together, especially this early in the season, come together with some team bonding and, and really gel that way? Uh, I imagine this is something you look at could possibly pay off down the road. Well, I think I think for sure. I mean, I think uh, I think if we were to say, and in any league and at any level, if uh, you know, I think adversity is good for any group to face, and um, I think it shows the character of your group. I think it shows um, and helps you get through uh, the times down the road. And I think being on the road when we face a little bit of adversity right now, I think for our group, it's uh, it's good to see how individuals and and, and how the group uh, looks at situations and I think it'll make us a better team down the road. Chatting with the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Brad Lauer on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. So we mentioned those two overtime losses, Brad. Uh, One of them coming against Swift Current. Carter Such nearly single-handedly willed you guys back into that one, especially in the second period there. So are you finding uh, when you get those, a tough loss like that on the road, it's early in the season, that's a character-building win for your or character-building experience for your team I should say? Well, I mean, I think uh, I, I kind of you kind of broke up there, but I think you talked about Carter Such's uh, performance. Obviously, um, you know, it's, it's when you get a performance like that, and it's tough to get a loss. But again, I think uh, you know, looking at his game personally, um, he he's uh, he's really elevated his game lately. Um, and again, he's one of those guys from last year that were the supporting cast for our group, and uh, coming into this year, they're. They're expected. He's he's expected to be one of the cast guys uh, uh, for this group. So um, he's his game has really improved over the last few games here, and it's great to see. I think you've had some great play from Riley Sawchuck as well, your new twenty-year-old. Uh, who else is standing out for you in the early going of this season? Well, I think uh, you know there's been a number of guys. Obviously, you know up front, like Riley's been been good for us consistently. You know, Jake Neighbors is is uh you know it's coming along uh playing well for us you know he plays that heavy style of game that we need we need more of um you know um scotty atkins has been been really good for us and you know josh williams is actually you know his game has been been really consistent for us he's he's you know he's getting really um he's getting scoring chances every game and uh you know he's creating stuff offensively and he's being responsible defensively for us We've got Brad Lauer, the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, on the line right now. And Brad, uh, let, we'll address this early. I mean, I know it's super early in the season still, just five games in, but your top five in league penalty minutes, I imagine that's something you're going to try and clean up, especially when you saw how that impacted the outcome against Lethbridge on uh, last Sunday. Yeah, I mean, for sure, defensively. I mean, we just don't put the responsibility on our defense or anything like that. I think that's a, that's a five-on-five five five, um responsibility with the forwards and the D working together. We do have, like I said, we do have to be a lot better in our D zone, and that's one area we're focusing on on this road trip first. And, uh, you know, we'll work our way out. Being that we have a group of experienced D coming back from from last year, and, you know, expectations are high on that group. And, um, again, I think a little bit of adversity for, for, for our group is, is, is good right now to, to handle and, and work through this stuff. I mean, uh, if you look at uh, the St. Louis Blues, I don't think – Anything was really bright for their season until after January 5th when they start, got things turned around and eventually they won the Cup. So uh, we don't want to go to January 5th by any means, but we need to, we need to get better as a, as a team. Our team game needs to get better, and you know that's what we're doing um, every day, working, getting better. And, and uh, again, we have an important game tonight against Winnipeg. Yeah, so give me the scouting report on Winnipeg. There was, uh, I guess, a lot of question marks around that franchise. How are they going to perform moving to the new city? They've been good out of the gate, a 3-1 and record. Uh, what do you know about them? How are you going to attack that uh, that game plan? 
Yeah, you know, watching their watching their games, uh, you know, even watching uh, you know the way they played last year at the start of the year, they they came out really good, and, and they you know they were really in the playoffs right till after December um, uh, in the playoff hunt. They had a, a bad month of January, but um, obviously making the move from Cranbrook to Winnipeg, and you know they've they've added some more uh, veteran players, and you know they play an upbeat game. They play a game with some pace to it. They have. Uh, some good young kids. They've drafted very well. Um, they've, they've scored a lot of goals lately. Watching them play, they're very, very uh, in the offensive zone. They're very, move- they're very active. Um, lots of movement. Uh, you know, their game is their team game is is going pretty good right now. Uh, you were talking earlier, Brad, about the the defense, and I know you've got Matthew Robertson back now. You got Jackson Alexander back against Swift yeah. Current. Uh, are you starting to get a, a clearer picture of what your top six is going to look like as you head uh, through the season here with uh, with all your bodies? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's coming together. I don't know if the pairings are are, are right right now for us, but the, you know, we kind of been with the experience of obviously of, of all these of all our veteran defensemen coming back. We have the the ability to, to maybe change some pairings depends on the team we're playing. Um, you know, getting Jackson back, obviously he's missed a, a good part of the year last year and the year before. So, I mean, he, he's played well since being back. And, again, we just got to make sure it's not too much for him too soon. we got to, you know, monitor his ice time and, and uh, get a rotation going. And as, as he starts feeling better and, and getting in game shape, um, you know, with, with him back definitely gives us opportunities to, to – be creative with our deep turns. One more question for you, Brad, as we chat with the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Brad Lauer. Uh, you got the back-to-back. You've got Brandon on Saturday tomorrow, and I'm wondering whether we'll see Sebastian Casa for the first time in net. Yeah, you know, Coach uh, is going to get the start tonight. Um, he's, he's, he's practiced well for us, and I liked how he played against uh, uh, Prince George the last two exhibition games. He came in off the bench in the third period and played very well, and uh, he's a big kid that uh, is very athletic. He's six five, six six. He's probably <laughs> still growing. Um, you know, he's one of those goalies that has a huge, huge upside to him, and uh, we're excited to get him in the game tonight. All right, that is Brad Lauer. He is the uh, head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, Oil Kings, again, with a record of 2-1-2 and two to start the year. They were the Central Division champions. Um, Lethbridge took it to them. I was here Sunday. I mean, they, the week before I saw the game against Red Deer, the Oil Kings were all over Red Deer uh, in that Sunday game. Red Deer didn't have much juice left uh, by Brent Sutter's own admission. Uh, and I know talking to Cam Moon, the, the Rebels are in a different place right now with a lot of 16- and 17-year-olds. The Oil Kings have some high-end uh, 17 and 18 year olds because they were the team going through that cycle a couple of years ago where they're in a bit of a rebuild. Uh, we'll see how they do this weekend. Also, Bakersfield Condors uh, dropped the puck tonight. Uh, they take on San Diego. I already gave you the lines up front. Uh, we can revisit that when we come back in Oilers Now. Uh, but uh, Jay Woodcroft will be joining us every Monday on Oilers Now for a weekend recap. Brendan Escott uh, will have Monday's show, by the way. I'll be flying with the Oilers to New York City. Uh, when we come back, the Edmonton Eskimos. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line.
They're in action tonight against the Hum and the Hamilton Ticats. We'll go to a hammer and talk to Morley Scott. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 147 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you. Oilers and the LA Kings tomorrow night, 630 pregame, 8 o'clock puck drop. Todd McClellan's return to town. We'll have Todd McClellan and Wayne Gretzky on tomorrow night's show, on uh, our face-off show. Tonight, uh... The Eskimos, it won't be easy. Undefeated at home this year. The best team in the CFL are the Hamilton Ticats. It's a 5 o'clock kickoff, 3.30 pregame, and we're joined by the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Eskimos. Am I, am I correct, Morley Scott, in saying it will be a challenge tonight for the Eskimos? Uh-oh, I'm wondering if we're having a technical issue here, Bob. Let's get Morley on the phone instead. Oh, all right, so uh, absolutely. Just uh, work your magic there, my man. Uh, by the way, for just speaking of Century Mile, for the people that were in-house the other night, maybe one of the best in-game features that's ever appeared on the scoreboard at Rogers Place uh, was Century Mile. They had a, a race between uh, three horses that were tied into uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who of course is quite interested in the horse racing industry, along with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle. I thought it was really well done. Interesting graphics as well. We ready to go here, uh, Brendan? Oh. We got him. Let's fire it up. All right. Let's go to Morley Scott. Morley, tough one tonight. Uh, matchup-wise for the Edmonton Eskimos, they're playing a good football team with Hamilton. Really good football team, Bob. They're uh, they're the best in the league right now, record-wise, 11-3. and three. They lead the league in, in uh, points against. They lead the league in points for. They lead the league in big plays. They're amongst the league leaders in sacks. They do a whole lot of things right. So it will be a test tonight for the uh, for the Eskimos. There's no doubt about that. Eskimos are seven and seven. Ticats go into the game with an 11 and three record. They're one win away from equaling their franchise best for wins in a season. Morley, are Hamilton a surprise this year? I think so, especially since uh, they lost their quarterback. I mean, Jeremiah Masoli was the MLP in the East last year, and he was their best player. Uh, he got hurt, ripped his knee up early in the year, and uh, Dane Evans has come in, and everyone thought, oh, the, the East is wide open now. Anybody can win it. And uh, it uh, turned out that's not the case. Dane Evans really uh, upped his game, came in. He's, uh, he's thrown for, like, four straight 300-yard games now. He, he's uh, one of the players of the month for September. Since he came in early in the season, he's been pretty good for the Ticats. And I think that surprises a lot of people that they're able to be where they are considering they've lost their starting quarterback for the season. Morley, uh, I watched uh, the, the game between Hamilton, actually, and, and Edmonton while we were broadcasting uh, our game in preseason. Uh, the Eskimos built up a pretty or uh, Hamilton built up a pretty significant lead in that game, but the Eskimos showed some fight and comeback, didn't they? Well, they sure did, and the Eskimos, I mean, for the most part, you take out a five-minute stretch in the in the first quarter where the Ticats scored three touchdowns on about four or five plays, uh, the Eskimos were the better team in that game. They uh, Once they got rolling, they controlled the game until the very end, fought back from down 24 nothing to score 24 straight points to tie it, then gave up a field goal, then got the game-tying field goal on the second-to-last drive of the, of the game, and then the Ticats went downfield and got the game-winning field goal on the last play of the game to win it 30-27. So it was a real good football game. Uh, the Eskimos got better as the game went along, and I think, Bob, that's kind of been their issue a little bit uh, in the last couple of games is slow starts. They had one against Hamilton, and it cost them. Uh, you can have a slow start against Ottawa like they did, and you can still 
win the football game, which they did. But in the first quarter this year, the Eskimos are minus 44 in the points category. Uh, the rest of the game, they're plus 80. So the key, especially against a good team, is to get through the first quarter, keeping it as close as you possibly can. What's this road trip been like? Road trip, because that's a rarity uh, in football period, but a uh, little bit different experience here. First getting Ottawa, now Hamilton. Yeah, it sure is. You know, I think they did it for, for multiple reasons. I, I think they did it, you know, economic reasons. I think they did it for time reasons. I think they did it for team bonding. Uh, they spent the week in Hamilton. They, they uh, went to Ottawa, won the game there on Saturday, uh, took uh, a bus ride from Ottawa to Hamilton on Sunday, worked out at McMaster University all week long. They had, uh, you know, lots of dinners together, lots of time together at the hotel. Uh, I think it was a, a real different experience for a lot of guys on the team. Uh, some guys, even some veterans in the league, like uh, I remember talking to Tavares Daniels, and he said he's never been on a trip like this before in his time in football. Some guys have done it before. Some guys like it. I know Jason Moss uh, saw the schedule at the start of the year, and he went to management and said, hey, can we do this? And management put it in place for him because he wanted to do it. He's been real big on team building this year. And I think by all reports, it's been a pretty good week. I think it helps the Eskimos in the long run this season win or lose in the game tonight. Do the Eskimos morally pretty much have a playoff spot wrapped up, maybe a crossover, or is that still potentially in jeopardy? Uh, they don't have it wrapped up yet. Their their magic number is one involving four teams. The, okay. Eskimos, the Eskimos can win tonight and clinch a playoff spot, or they can get a loss from Toronto, BC, and Ottawa to clinch a playoff spot without winning. Uh, that won't happen this weekend because BC plays Toronto and Ottawa's got the week off. So uh, somebody's going to get eliminated from the playoff race as far as the Eskimos go in the BC-Toronto game tomorrow. But the Eskimos can do themselves a favor tonight and clinch a playoff spot tonight, uh, at the very least the crossover spot. And then maybe start to play tag with the guys ahead of them. I mean, they're, they're two wins out of first place. A couple of teams have games in hand on them in Calgary and Saskatchewan, but they do have Saskatchewan twice more this season. So who knows? Stranger things have happened, but I think the first uh, rule of uh, uh, order for the Eskimos is to get that playoff spot wrapped up, and they can do that with uh, with one win or a combination of losses by other teams. One final question for the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Eskimos, Morley Scott. Morley, what's the health of the team like? Uh, you know what? It's not too bad. They lost Anthony Orange this week, which is a tough loss for them. Their uh, cornerback who's had some injury issues this year, so he won't play. They'll move Josh Johnson over to play in that spot for him. But uh, other than that, uh, they're pretty healthy, aside from the guys who have been out for long term uh, already. Uh, Jovan Santos-Knox is on the roster for the first time this season. He was one of their big free agent signings in February. He's been hurt all season. He's on the roster, but I'm not sure he's going to play or not. He might be the guy who gets scratched for this game, uh, but he's on the roster, so obviously it's a step uh, closer for him to finally getting into a game for the Eskimos. Morley, I know you're back at it at 3.30. We'll hear from you then. Talk to them, Bob. Thank you. You bet. That's Morley Scott, the Eskimos play-by-play voice. Let's go to the day in Oilers history, and it was a crusher for me. I was devastated on this day. Oilers history is brought to you by New West Travel. Join Oilers now on two great road trips to Chicago or Tampa Bay, including a five-night Caribbean cruise. For reservations, call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. On this day, 1991. What happened, Mr. Escott? The Oilers traded Captain Mark Messier to the New York Rangers for Stephen Rice, Bernie Pumpernickels, and our regular Thursday contributor, Louis DeBrusque. It was a hard day. 
That's all I'm going to tell you. I love Mark Messier. Who didn't if you're an Oilers fan? All right. You can text us at 630-630. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. We're going to get to a couple here. Um uh, this text comes in. Hey, Bob, to be honest, I really, out of Grand Prairie, Alberta, so Oilers, want my, uh, Oilers might want to think about offering a first, a second, Lagason and Paul Yarby for Petrangelo. Remember what Calgary gave up to get Hamannick, and he's nowhere good as uh, Petrangelo. And the, the texture goes on. I really don't know how good Petrangelo is. I never watch him, and St. Louis is boring. Oh, Petrangelo is pretty good. I don't, you know, well, if they... I mean, it could be interesting. There could be a couple guys on teams, if they don't commit to them, that could be potentially in play. Again, you can text us at 630-630. James says, Bob, Eddie Mio was the best man in Wayne Gretzky's wedding. Eddie Mio is in the building today. That's part of the reason why that question got asked. Uh, Bob, is uh, Tomas Yurcho good? Uh, he's in over Haas, no? I thought him and Neil had good chemistry in a short week. R&H at center. Well, uh, based on the, the skate today, the answer to that, and maybe they weren't revealing anything, but it was McDavid with Settle and Cassie, Nugent Hopkins with Nygaard and Neal. The orders at Jujuric here at center with Chason and our guest to uh, open the show today, Josh Archibald, and then Granlund and Haas were flanking Colby Cape. But there's a chance uh, you could see your Joe get in. We got the Eskimo pregame show at 3.30, kickoff at 5 o'clock. That's what's shaking uh, tonight on 6.30, Chet. Up next, a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell and the 6.30, Chet afternoon news. Afternoons with Jalen and I. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.